Hello, and welcome to the Stellantis Tech and AI podcast. I'm your host, Dale Jewett, and we're here to help you navigate the future of cars and technology. We're trying to look at the ever-evolving landscape of automotive enhancements, delving into cutting-edge topics that redefine the way that we drive. Uh, we hope you're interested in this as much as we are. Um, and today, we're thrilled to have as our guest, Eve Bonfant, who is the Chief Software Officer for Stellantis. Eve, thank you very much for taking some time to join us today. Hello, everyone. Uh, my pleasure to be uh, with you on this podcast, Dale. That's a so fascinating topic. Um, I can't wait to talk okay. about it. Awesome. Well, and I think it's great to, to point out that Stellantis being a global automaker, uh, while I sit here in Detroit, you're joining us from France, I believe. Absolutely. Absolutely. Greetings from Paris. Well, thank you. So let's jive right in and talk about software since you're the chief software officer. Um, and it kind of leads me to my first question. In the history of Stellantis, you're the only chief software officer we've had. And I'm, and I'm really curious because I know you've worked with our CEO, Carlos Tavares, for several years now. Um, what was his pitch to you to become the chief software officer for our company? Well, as we were considering to uh, to form Stellantis, um, Carlos reached out and um, asked me uh, what was uh, uh, differentiating uh, the new players we see coming into the industry, the Tesla, NIO of the world, uh, versus uh, uh, what Stellantis would look like, and um, and what is uh, what would be should be of critical importance in the way. Uh, we're going to be um, uh, creating uh, Stellantis uh, with respect to that question. And so I spent um, extensive months of uh, benchmarking with those guys and came up with the conclusion that uh, the way of doing software software was, was one of those critical differences um, and that um, we needed to address that. And, uh, and Carlos immediately embarked on the idea and the journey and asked me if I, I wanted to lead. And uh, that got me fantastically exciting. That's uh, interesting. And and I got to be honest, as as I was thinking about our conversation today, I, I, I guess I'm not I'm, I'm not sure that you would have been a person I would have thought as a chief software officer. I mean, you're you're sort of in the mold of a car guy. You uh, you spent a number of years working in, in, in the Citroen brand. In fact, you were the man that launched the DS brand for Citroen, uh, a, an excellent luxury brand that we don't see here in America, unfortunately, but does interesting things in Europe. You're, you're a car guy. Why did you want to be in charge of software? Well, uh, many, many reasons. Uh, first of all, I'm a, I'm a computer science engineer by, uh, by training, so it's not like uh, software is, uh, is a stranger to me. Um, and then I have spent during my career um, a lot of time working for both automotive and high tech, uh, especially uh, during my uh, my McKinsey days. Um, and so um, then with the experience of launching uh, DS as a brand uh, for Stellantis, uh, or at that time for uh, XPSA, I think I, um, I learned um, a lot on the on the business and um, and we wanted to create uh, the software uh, initiative within Stellantis as a business unit um, and not only as an engineering group. Um, and I think uh, the, 
my, my experience, cumulative experience of both being a, a computer science engineer, being uh, uh, having learned tech um, and automotive uh, for a number of years, and then finally, uh, a lot of business and marketing related um, leadership with the launch of DS uh, kind of put me in the sweet spot. And uh, and I have to admit also that I'm a bit of a, of a tech addict um, and, um, and I like tech. Um, and so, yeah, that, that was uh, that was a great match. Interesting. So if you're a tech addict, do you always have the latest mobile phone model with you? Is, are you that kind of a tech addict? Um, um, I, I have that that kind of uh, uh, smartphone, yes, that excites me. But what excites me more is actually to learn about uh, uh, new tech. So uh, I read a lot of uh, uh, scientific papers. Uh, for example, uh, when GenAI popped up, I went to the uh, foundational paper of GenAI uh, called uh, Attention is All You Need, which was written by a very famous uh, Google engineer a um, few years ago now, because I like to understand uh, the foundation, the scientific foundation uh, of the modern uh, technology. And uh, that's what gets me excited and understanding how you can apply it and deploy it at scale. Excellent. So let's talk about software and, and automobiles. You know, today, if, if I think of software and automobiles, I primarily think of all the software that that enables the the magic of our of our internal combustion engines and, and the drivetrains, uh, you know, cleaner emissions, more power, sus suspension attributes and stuff like that. The software we're talking about, or the software you've been working on, really is is kind of an evolution of that, wouldn't you say, from where we are today? Absolutely. The, the, the software has been on cars for now many, many years. And in fact, we when I launched the DS7 hybrid back in uh, probably 2018 now, 2017, um, we realized that there were, there were more lines of code into a DS7 uh, hybrid than there was on a commercial airplane, um, which, which was kind of a, a, a blow to us. Uh, we had no idea about that, and we understood it. And I think software has been, uh, you know, ramping up in automotive, kind of uh, in the back of the um, uh, automotive engineers. Um, and now we fully realize the power of software in automotive, uh, to what extent it is shaping the vehicle, to what extent it uh, allows you to build new capabilities in the vehicle in all fields. Uh, that includes safety, that includes, uh, of course, uh, uh, media consumption, that includes connectivity, ease of use, uh, all sorts of, of domains. And software has become so fundamental. Um, and of course, now with software AI, um, AI is uh, everywhere behind uh, the computer vision that enables uh, autonomous driving. AI is coming into cockpit uh, with uh, a recommendation engine, recommendation on your destination, recommendation on the media you may be interested to uh, to listen, uh, recommendation engine on uh, the HVAC setting you want for the car. So software is everywhere in the car. AI is coming at the car very, very quickly. Uh, and so it was time to completely re-engineer uh, this approach and make sure that we uh, kind of uh, complement what we have historically been calling the electronic architecture of the car by what we now call the software and electronic architecture uh, of the car, where we have uh, a very clear software layers, very uh, well structured and organized, like uh, the smartphone industry or the computer industry have now been doing for many years. 
So you have a, a layer of hardware, you have base software, you have operating systems, and then you treat many of the function of the vehicle as applications, uh, which is a, 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 a different approach from, I would say, a, a computing, electronic computing unit approach that has been the approach of the industry for 20 years. That, that's interesting because mobile phones have been around for a while. Why do you think now is the time that the, the mobility industry, the automotive industry, has decided to, to, to follow that model versus where we had been up to this point? I think, I think there are three, three main reasons. Number one is uh, we realized that uh, the features of the vehicle were completely software-driven. Um, and, um, and so um, it was time to think about how can I add software to my car that's going to be visible to the customer by providing new features along the lifetime of the vehicle, including upgrading the vehicle over its life cycle so that customers keep uh, being excited about the freshness and the new features on their vehicle. So number one is with software, you can continuously upgrade your product. Number two is because there is so much software in the car, um, you need to organize it in a way uh, that's the best practice in the software industry, uh, which is, um, you know, with those uh, different software layers, the full software stack structure, as opposed to uh, what has been, again, in the industry, an electronic approach for many, many years where, okay, you take a micro microcontroller, you, you put a little bit of code on it, and it runs a function like, I don't know, seat adjustment, um, uh, seat heating, uh, uh, door module, or that kind of stuff. So rethink, look at the car transversely, and organize the software stack of the vehicle. It makes things much more efficient, much more simple to develop, um, by just applying the best practices of the tech industry and the software industry in general to the automotive industry. And the third reason uh, is that this is appealing to our customers. Uh, our customers uh, want to see uh, their vehicle evolve over time. And so uh, we want to make sure that we now switch from a feature-based approach to an application-based approach where we can uh, deploy new application on our vehicle um, over time. And so three very powerful reasons uh, for software to become central. That third point, I think, is, is really interesting in terms of what customers want and, and what they desire. And I think a lot of that has been shaped by their experiences with mobile phones in the years leading up to this point. Um, and certainly for for us as Stellantis, as as well as other people in the mobility space, you know, we're also seeking for applications that customers find value in, um, value that that they're willing to maybe pay some money for. What do you think customers are really in in, in interested in enough that that they would actually pay some money for? Well, there are, there are many things. Uh, I'll, I'll give you a, a, a few examples around the world. Uh, let me start with Latin America, where uh, people are willing to, uh, to pay for a, a stolen vehicle recovery. And uh, in Brazil, uh, in the past year, we have been recovering more than 90% of the stolen vehicles uh, with our connected technology. Uh, in North America, uh, we have a lot of people uh, listening to uh, uh, Add free uh, content uh, in uh, in the form of uh, satellite radio or other 
uh, type of, uh, of media streaming. Uh, and people are willing to pay for that because they want to enjoy uh, uh, their music uh, without the burden of, uh, of ads. Um, in Europe, uh, we have many, many uh, use cases around uh, fleet management and how you monitor uh, the fleet you have on the road to make sure you optimize your maintenance, to make sure you understand um, the uh, uh, good uh, behavior driving of your, uh, of your fleet uh, and all those things. So there are many, many different uh, sets of applications um, that, that you can think about. Another one I would like to mention is uh, usage-based insurance where you say, Okay, if I'm uh, if I believe I'm a good driver, I'm happy to share some uh, scoring of my driving with my insurance company so that they give me a better premium uh, because that's a good deal for me. Uh, so there are many many cases where people uh, actually are excited uh, by software. Uh, now you have more automotive related use cases, like for example, we're working on uh, adding horsepower remotely, adding horsepower to your uh, to your engine by tuning the uh, the powertrain software of your engine, uh, and that gets people excited. They are, they are willing to pay for it. Uh, and that resonates, by the way, very well with the brands of Stellantis. Uh, as you know, we have 14 brands at Stellantis, mm -hmm. and each brand has its own specificities and strengths. So if you think about my last, last example on horsepower, uh, you know, people at Dodge or Alfa Romeo would be really thrilled by this feature, while uh, the Jeep guys, they will like some other features that we're rolling out right now, which we call Jeep Trail, which gives you uh, off-road um, experience with off-road maps, uh, off-road advices, uh, and all that kind of things that make um, Jeep owners uh, love the, the, the freedom offered by Jeep. So with, with software, we can also really resonate with what is the DNA of each of Stellantis brand and satisfy the customer expectation and passions in relation with the brands. I like that idea that you can you can tailor my car for me, particularly based on the brand that I happen to be driving. Um, I've uh, I've heard our friends in propulsion systems sort of talk about the same way how they can tailor their systems. Again, fourteen brands. I think we're we're unique in Stellantis that we have fourteen very distinct and iconic brands, and they 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 all know exactly what they want, and there's not a whole lot of crossover between the between any of them, quite honestly, uh, even the ones that we don't necessarily get in a particular region of the world. Uh, I'm curious, Eve, today, at least up to this point, and, and at least in my experience, you know, much of the in-vehicle software app use comes a lot of times by pairing my mobile phone to the car. Do, do you think that will continue to be that way or are we trying to, to use software in the vehicle so that you don't have to worry about the mobile phone? Oh, you don't want, you, you want to certainly to use the, the car uh, without worrying about the mobile phone because um, all sorts of things um, uh, happen with the mobile phone, but you, you want the car and the mobile phone and, the, and even your home and any other device you have to work together. So. Um, if you think about um, use cases related to uh, electric vehicles, which is a, a big strategic uh, priority for Stellantis, um, you, have, uh, you, you care about the full integration with the vehicle because you want to understand uh, the current actual energy consumption of the car to best route uh, the EV, optimize the charging, uh, and make sure you minimize the total travel time, including charging, so that requires deep integration with the vehicle. Uh, which which the mobile phone is not capable uh, of doing. Then if you think about 
I want to carry over uh, my music um, into the car, uh, then you want to be able to, uh, to log into your uh, uh, music streaming provider uh, irrespective of the device. So uh, if you have a, a Spotify account, you want to use it in the car the same way you use it in the phone. Uh, the same way you use it at home. You even probably want continuity between the piece of music you were listening before you, you left your home. Uh, as you jump into the car, you want this same uh, piece of music to, to continue playing for you. So this integration is more and more seamless um, and, and you want that to be completely seamless irrespective of the device. So the whole thing is how do you um, abstract the device and just focus on uh, what the experience is. And then you can be sitting in your living room and say, uh, okay, I want to go to uh, uh, that uh, specific address in the Fifth Avenue in New York uh, to your, uh, to your uh, Alexa Echo. Uh, that gets um, uh, interpreted as, uh, uh, um, I, need my, I need to put it in the navigation system of the car. You get on your car, the navigation system is already set up. Again, your music is following you. Uh, maybe the car, as you uh, walk away from the home, will uh, turn on the alarm and uh, um, uh, surveillance and, uh, and, and, and lower the temperature. So all this, you, you want this to be completely seamless. So it's not a device game anymore. It's an experience game that we're after. That's impressive. Um, so science fiction comes to life more and more every day, it seems. And, and I think that's a great thing. Um, so a couple of years ago, you you were the star of a, of a software day presentation, um, and and at that time we laid out pretty much three pillars of what's going on in the electrical architecture side of Stellantis, which which we call ABC, which is Stella Auto Drive, Stella Brain, and Stella Smart Cockpit. But but as as we're doing this, and in a couple of years I've become doing it's is that the right order? I mean I know why we say it that way, but it, shouldn't it really be more like BCA that the, the Stella Brain should come first, followed by the smart cockpit, and then the auto drive? Yeah, you're you're, you're absolutely right that um, a brain Stella Brain as the software and electronic architecture of the vehicle is the foundation. Uh, we call it ABC probably because it uh, it sounds nicer from. Uh, from a pure uh, uh, buzzword uh, standpoint. Um, and, but also uh, because we're going to be capable of launching uh, both the A platform, the auto drive platform, and the cockpit platform uh, on some of the existing architecture of Stellantis. Mm. Uh, and so um, we, we're going to have a little bit of backward compatibility, compatibility if you will, uh, with, uh, with A and C. So we don't wait for. Uh, a brain to be deployed uh, uh, everywhere in the world on each and every vehicle to be able to um, uh, launch with, with, with a few cars uh, the auto drive uh, solution and, uh, and, uh, and the cockpit solution. So auto drive will actually debut um, in, uh, in uh, commercial uh, production uh, next year in 24, uh, while uh, a brain and cockpit will go through what we call their tech SOP, which is uh, complete technology readiness before the end of 24, and then will be commercially launched uh, early 25. So you see, we're not waiting for Brain uh, to move and uh, offer a new experience to our customers. So we're we're working on all three at the same time. It sounds, and um, it sounds like we're making really good progress. Are, are are you happy with the progress? I'm very uh, I'm very excited with uh, with what I see, and uh, uh, we wanted to have. 
one drivable uh, vehicle with a minimum viable product of the technology by the end of uh, 23. Um, and I can tell you that uh, this is already the case uh, in the case of cockpit. Uh, this is already the Gen 3 of such vehicle uh, in the case of auto drive that I will be test driving in, uh, in Detroit uh, pretty soon, actually. Um, and this is uh, going to be true uh, for Brain uh, as well. Um, the teams are very uh, excited to be uh, to get prepared for the first drivable uh, Brain vehicle uh, within uh, a couple of months from now. So, so we're very, very excited with the progress uh, the teams uh, all around the world are making uh, on ABCs. In, in previous conversations and in, in previous presentations, you, not only you, but and, and others within Stellantis, but definitely you, have, have talked multiple times about how we need as Stellantis to act more like a startup or, or to be more disruptive. Um, and while I, I think I have a sense of what you mean by that, what do you look for when you're trying to say, hey, are we acting like a startup? Are we being disruptive? Um, and then I guess the other question is, we're a global company. Most startups I know of are pretty small companies, I'm, and I'm not sure how you can translate those two. Yeah, that, that's a that's a very good question. Uh, that's a very good question. I think it starts startups might start with the mindset and the spirit. So uh, the very ver the very first thing uh, with startup is um, you care for uh, what for your vision and you want to implement the vision and. Uh, and you're not like, okay, I will compromise with the vision because of uh, if, because the, the world is like this. Um, you're, you're clear on the vision and you change the world to make your vision implemented. Um, and, and I think that's what we're doing at SWX. When we started uh, back in uh, 2021, we were a handful of people. Um, today, uh, we have exceeded 6,000 people. Um, as a team, and, and that has happened in uh, uh, less than three years, which is, you know, when you look back, uh, an incredible journey and, and the amount of things we have uh, created and delivered uh, with that journey is just uh, uh, as amazing as, as the journey itself. And I think, you know, not everybody would have bet in 2021, in January 2021, when the creation of the software group was announced that uh, this would uh, play out this way. Um, so that's the startup mindset. The startup mindset is um, we have a clear vision, ABC, we want to uh, be customer driven. We want to uh, grow our business up to 20 billion by 2030. And we are going to make it happen, whatever it takes to make it happen, because that's our collective goal and we want to do it as a team. So that, that, that's where it starts. It starts by uh, uh, an absolute um, uh, dedication to implementing the vision. Uh, then the second thing is speed. Um, speed is 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 difficult topic because um, to your point, uh, moving uh, at the speed of a small startup, a large group of people uh, like Stellantis is always very challenging. Uh, you need to convince people, you need to align people, you need to help people um, overtake all the sorts and remove all the sorts of impediments along the way. Uh, but that's that's half of the work, right? Half of the work is uh, uh, implementing the vision, half of the work is taking the broader Stellantis with us on the journey. 
Um, and, um, and I'm actually uh, amazed by the amount of support we're getting uh, from, from my colleagues um, in, the, in the executive committee. Uh, I think everybody wants to see uh, software successful because it's so important uh, for the future of, uh, of Stellantis. So yes, there are many impediments. Yes, there are many uh, things that need to change. But everybody wants to bring their own piece to the puzzle um, and make it work. And so that's, um, that's, that's really, really exciting. And then the third thing is uh, you need to build the capabilities because we have been uh, going into, I would say, uh, uncharted territories for us. Um, Stellantis software was mostly um, outsourced. We were buying software. Now we're developing software. Uh, and so we needed to create the capabilities to do that. Um, and there, of course, uh, hiring, hiring people who come from the tech industry, not from car makers. Uh, more than 70% of the people we have hired don't come from car makers. Uh, some of them come from tier ones, but most of them actually come from completely different industry. Uh, gaming uh, is an interesting one. Um, uh, tech industries, uh, devices, uh, very, very different industries to create those capabilities uh, for Stellantis. And then, of course, all the partnerships we have created uh, with Amazon, with Qualcomm, uh, with Foxconn, are also instrumental uh, in, in that transformation journey. So you see, startup is a question of mindset, speed, and, and, and scaling up the capabilities. And that's what I'm looking for um, when, I, when I'm, I'm challenging myself or, on how we executing like a startup. Interesting to hear that so many people are joining Stellantis from outside the traditional automotive industry. Um, I, speaking of startups, you know, we we acquired a company, AI Motive, uh, specifically for their ADAS experience. Um, but while we acquired it, we basically let it operate as a separate company. Um, do you do you think that has that been a good strategy? Is that paying benefits? That's bringing huge benefits to Stellantis because I think uh, uh, AI Motive scores very high on my uh, on my free uh, dimension. Uh, that I just mentioned, right? They have a clear vision uh, of uh, what should be uh, uh, the autonomous driving um, of the future uh, up to uh, uh, the level three. Uh, they have uh, an, an incredible speed uh, versus um, Stellantis. I've been, uh, I, can, I can tell you that um, I have been uh, sharing uh, a few thoughts on, uh, okay, what, what do we want to do? How do we want to improve the current uh, software stack of AI Motive with the AI Motive team uh, back in um, uh, in spring uh, this year, uh, and in September uh, I got a call from uh, from Laszlo, the CEO of AI Motive, telling me, "Hey, if we implemented all the changes you have asked that we implement, uh, why don't you come and test drive a car?" Uh, and he was sending me a video of the of the of the updated car, and I was amazed by what AI Motive could do in six months. So. Wow. The speed at AI Motive is, is, is completely incredible versus um, uh, what uh, a, a car maker, the size and the scale of Stellantis is capable of, uh, of doing so far. And third, they have great capabilities. So combining the three uh, makes AI Motive an incredible asset for Stellantis. I, I think it's ironic that the, the, the unit of, of Stellantis that, that is working to create an autonomous driving technology asks you to come test drive the car. What do they want you to do? Sit in the back seat? <laughs> <laughs> you test, when you test drive an autonomous car, you can look at the car, I would say. You look at the car driving, right? So uh, 
That's interesting. Uh, that's an interesting experience. You don't touch the steering wheel too much, hopefully. Um, yeah. um, but that that's ex exciting. Yeah, testing autonomous car is a is a kind of strange sentence. I have to admit. Uh, it's all right. It's 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 part of it. But there there is an awful lot of effort and work and attention being paid to ADAS and, and autonomous driving these days. What do you see as probably the, the biggest challenges in this space right at the moment? Um, I think the, the the biggest challenge is to find the right balance between um, how much um, content you're going to put in the car uh, that, that is going to create customer value versus um, uh, the uh, the total cost that you that you have to pay. So you can you can make a, a very very autonomous car, uh, but it's going to be uh, very very expensive, and I'm not sure people many people will actually enjoy it. So the challenge of let's call it um, affordable autonomy um, uh, deployed at a large scale is the biggest challenge. Where where do you find the right balance uh, between the completely autonomous vehicle versus uh, uh, let's call it a, a, a level two uh, plus 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 uh, type of vehicle, um, and and uh, what do you need to put in the car uh, to maximize the value you create for the customer for the cost uh, you actually load the vehicle with? Uh, that that for me is the biggest um, uh, challenge at the moment, uh, much more than uh, uh, than the technology itself. Interesting. Well, I, from a personal standpoint, Eve, I have to tell you, there are still some of us out there who enjoy the process of driving. So as as you and your team work hard on autonomous driving technology, leave a little bit something for me to do. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And that's why that's why uh, the, sec the, the customer segmentation is so critical. And that's why, again, finding what adds value versus annoying people um, is, is so fundamental. Uh, autonomous driving car can annoy people very quickly because they go with all sorts of notification, uh, you know, be careful, uh, check this, check that, uh, and, and, and people get annoyed. And so you want to strike the right balance so people enjoy, they have, uh, uh, they, they, they find free time in the vehicle, they find some uh, peace of mind, um, of course, um, improve safety versus human driving, um, but in a way that is, that is not annoying. Um, and at, at a cost that's affordable uh, for a large number of uh, vehicles. That those are, this is the biggest challenge, no doubt. Uh, one other question, software. How important to you do you think is software going to be in terms of enhancing, maximizing the safety of, of, of our owners and customers for people in vehicles? Today, we have, uh, we have uh, uh, evidence that uh, we can create a software stack which um, uh, drives with uh, far uh, better uh, safety than I would say uh, the, the average human. So this is this is already there, uh, not in each necessarily in each and every circumstance of the um, uh, of the driving, and of course um, also with sometimes some limitation of of slowness that can also uh, be be annoying. Um, but yes, we have evidence um, that. Uh, uh, we can create uh, autonomous driving software stack that uh, that drive safer uh, than uh, than humans. Um, that's 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 already available. Well, Eve, you you've been really generous with your time today, and I and I appreciate that. But but before we close out, I just want to I, I want you to, to to gaze into your crystal ball for me, if you don't mind. 
uh, say we get back together here in, in 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 a year or so to talk about this whole subject again where where do you think we'll be in 18 to 24 months in terms of software defined vehicles and and uh all this fun stuff well we will have um, we will have uh, our abc uh, technology platform in the hands of our customers um, and that's going to be uh, really exciting to see uh, uh, what feedback they give us, um, and, um, and and it's going to be very exciting uh, for us to, uh, I would say, uh, build, continue to build the future by understanding this feedback and and, and continuously improving uh, what we do. Uh, the, the the journey on which we are is a journey where we want to uh, upgrade our vehicle uh, every three months, leveraging uh, customer feedback, leveraging uh, technology uh, that we create. And so we will be right in the middle of that um, in uh, in 18 months from now, uh, and and that's that's going to make it uh, even more exciting. Uh, just you know, seeing the baby uh, in the hands of the customers and getting the feedback and continuing to uh, uh, to make things uh, always more exciting and create more value for the customers. That that's that's what uh, that's what we care for. Excellent, Yves Bonfant, the Chief Software Officer for Stellantis. This has been a great conversation. I, I really enjoy it. I, I look forward to everything that you can make the vehicle do for me in the future, including letting me still enjoy the drive. Um, and that's been an episode of Stella Tech, the podcast devoted to navigating the future of cars and technology. I've been your host, Dale Jewett. And I look forward to you joining us in the future when we'll talk some more technology. Um, and uh, coming up in a future episode, we have uh, Maria Uvarova, who happens to be the head of our software product management uh, for an episode we've, we've titled Building a Car While Driving It. I'll let you chew on that for a little while. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon.